quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connected parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm here with Kirsten, who's one of our lovely followers and who's a great participant in the private Facebook group, who's very encouraging and very helpful with other parents. And so I'm so glad to have her here and have her share her story with us. So Kirsten, welcome to the podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, thanks for having me. My name is Kirsten and I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I have two boys, ages two and four, and I've been on this journey, I think really since the beginning, but with clarity since my oldest was about a year and a half old. I love how you say with clarity. That's so good. I've been on this journey for 15 years and I think my clarity has only been about seven of them. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me one thing in your world that's going well just right now. Okay, so I have been making time for dance and it is a form of self-care for me. I cannot dance well, but it brings me joy. So that is what I've been doing and it's been great. Good for you. That's so lovely. My little one is a dancer and we love to dance. I feel like it does make you feel so good, like just to move your body and get into the music. And what kind of dance are you doing? Are you just doing whatever? Oh, it's just whatever. (laughs) Perfect. I like that. All right, sweet Kirsten. So why don't you tell us what your journey's been like and what you've been learning and what's been hard and what's been easier and what's been good and what's been not so good. Okay. Yes. So 
When my son was a year and a half old, I had already been seeing a therapist who specializes in maternal mental health, and I had learned a ton already. And so I felt like things were going pretty well as far as parenting. And then when he turned a year and a half old, I was met with at the time what I called defiance, and I could not wrap my head around it. I would lose my cool. And I didn't know what to do. The thing was, when I had my first, none of my friends had children yet. So I didn't really have anyone to ask except my parents. And their answer was, well, you could give them a little spanking or put them in time out or, you know, basically shame them. And so I was doing those things and none of it felt right. And there was this moment when I don't even know what happened, but I was yelling at my child and I put him in his room and he looked at me with terror and I walked away and I closed the door and he was crying and I was crying. And I think it was in that moment when I realized this isn't teaching him anything except that I'm a mean mommy right now. And I felt like I broke his heart and it broke my heart. And that was a huge moment for me where I knew there had to be another way. Yeah. So yeah. smart. I think that's a super common story. I do. That's my story too. Esme was two. She wouldn't put her shoes on. So I got in her face and I screamed at her and I was like, no, you will put your shoes on because it's my way. And like you, I felt so bad. It just felt terrible. But unlike you, you were smart enough to say, oh, I'm going to find another way. Oh, not me. I was stubborn. I was sticking straight in there for the long haul with the punishments and the bribes and the threats and took me years. So you're smart that you got out early. Well, I think a lot of things externally happened that got me there too, because I was pregnant with my youngest at that time and I was going to prenatal yoga. And this is another one of those huge moments of clarity where I was sitting with the instructor and it happened to be the International Day of Peace. And she was a local Montessori preschool teacher. And she said that her mantra for the children is peace begins with me. And she said, when we bring kids into this world, our hope is that in the future, there will be a more peaceful world for them. And may we remember as parents that peace begins with us. And when she said that, it was everything I needed to hear. It was the word that for whatever reason I couldn't find. And that word was peace. And the second she said that, I just felt like I knew what direction to go into. And so that's really what started the journey where I looked up the phrase peaceful parenting for the first time. And I think I probably just typed it into the library and I got the book Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, I think is what it's called by Laura Markham. And it just, it changed everything. And from there, I started looking on Instagram and I found your page. And then when you started the podcast, I started listening to that. And it all just came at the right time because I see my kids getting along and their relationship and the relationship I have with them. And I just know it would be so different if I hadn't gone down this path. Yeah, that's so lovely. And I think you're right. Everything happens or not everything, but things happen at the right time, or they happen when they should, or you hear a certain thing that may not have resonated six months prior, but in that moment, it just clicked for you. And I think a lot of people beat themselves 
I know I beat myself up a lot because it took me so long to change. And I was, you know, I kept thinking when I first started, oh, I've ruined my kids. You know, it's all irreparable damage and they will never connect with me. And it's all terrible and horrible. But I don't think I was in the right mindset when they were little, like yours were, to actually do the work. I just wasn't. I wasn't ready. And so it wouldn't have mattered what you brought to me then. I would have never worked. And it just, I think timing is everything and everyone has their right time and it's okay. It's all process. Yes. And I mean, I'm still on this journey. There are things, I mean, it's hard every single day. And the thing that I've learned is that I can do hard things. And so, you know, with every new age and my children have completely different personalities. That was the other thing. My youngest, he's easygoing. He's flexible. When he turned two, I was like, oh, I don't know why people say this is such a hard age. And now I'm like, you know how naive and I didn't know. Yeah, we don't know. We really don't know. And I don't think peaceful parenting or peace and parenting or conscious parenting or any of these labels that they give it necessarily makes our kids behave better. Although I have seen that. I think it's just a way to navigate their stages and ages because they're developmentally doing all these things that kids have been doing for years. And it's just, can we be okay with defiance? Can we be okay with non-cooperative kids? Can we be okay with things that society has told us that are not okay? Yes, that's so true. I feel like when I realized that I didn't want to control my kids, that's not my job. And I think you say it all the time is that life will teach them the lessons they need to learn. And I just want to be here to be a safe spot for them to land when things are hard. And also, I want to be a witness to them becoming whoever it is that they are. And I want to be here for that journey. And I feel like I'm here to learn from them. So I remind myself that all the time because, I mean, I will continue probably to slip into this control parenting for the rest of my life. And so, but it's beautiful just to see who they are when I can step back and remember, I'm not here to control. I do have some influence and it can be in the most gentle way. Yeah. And I always think too, like, where do I want to use that influence? Because you only have so much, right? You only got, you can only measure so much influence. And it's like, am I going to use it to make sure their room's clean every day? And, you know, the dishes are done every day. Or am I going to use it when they're asking me about marijuana? Like, I mean, let's get real here. Okay. Because when you have teenagers, that's it. It's like, you only have so much influence and you don't want to be teaching and directing and controlling all the time because that just chips away at your influence. And then you're not left with any. And so then you can tell the teenage kid all kinds of things. But if you run out of influence, it falls on deaf ears. Yeah, that's true. So tell me what's the hardest part of parenting this way? Oh, man. So I would say probably there are a few things. One thing that can be hard is that my husband's not completely on board. And so that can always, I don't know. It's also taught me a lot too, because it made me realize in the same way, I don't want to control my kids. I don't want to control him either. And oh, you're so smart. What I can do is be a model. So, and I do, I've noticed, you know, he's kind of coming around, you know, and it's been organic. He will sit through their feelings a lot more. 
And another thing that really helped with that is if I can see that he's getting dysregulated, I can say, hey, if you need a moment, I will keep your limit. And I'm not going to keep the limit in the same way. I mean, <laughs> but Ooh, I like I'm that. expecting that I'm going to keep your limit and it's just going to be in a gentle, empathic way. I love that. That is such a good out for a partner who's losing it. Like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to give in. I'll keep it. But like you said, I'm going to do it nicely. I'm going to do it with <laughs> empathy. I'm not yes. going to do it with ultimatums and counting to three and whatever else. And that's fair. And that's such a good tactic. I like that a lot. Really great. I attribute all of the major shifts and changes in my parenting to Hand in Hand and Patty Whipfler. I could not have achieved the inroads to more connection with Esme and Pia without the Hand in Hand parenting approach. I owe this method and my sanity to their tools. That's why I've become an affiliate partner of Hand in Hand Parenting. Purchasing their products using my affiliate link directly supports this little podcast at no extra cost to you. I recommend the Listening to Children digital booklet set to all of my clients. It perfectly explains the listening tools and has been something I constantly return to myself. These tools are the heart of what I've learned myself and what I teach my clients. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can order them and also support this podcast in the process. So go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting and learn the essence of connective parenting while also supporting the peace and parenting podcast. I will also put the link in the show notes. What else is hard besides the partner not being on board? Self-care and self-compassion. And when I'm low on those, the peaceful parenting doesn't go so well. I agree. I so agree. And I think in this pandemic, it's been exceptionally hard to give yourself time and get time away from the kids and the family and the different, you know, I don't have any differentiation. I feel like I'm like here with them all the time. I'm lucky they're older. I can like go on a walk, go on a hike, leave them by themselves. Like go do something. But when you have little kids, it's like, you can't escape. Yeah, it has been really hard this year, especially just feeling like you're saying, like, I can't get a break. And for a long time, I felt like I felt really stuck. I felt like, okay, I don't know how to get my needs met because resources are just scarce right now. And so I'm not my best for them. And it was just kind of this loop. And I don't know, I had this moment where I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to do it and stop beating myself up about all the things that I'm not doing and just do what I can. And little things like the special time challenge I'm doing right now and the dance parties and just doing it. And it really is, I feel like it's helping us all and it's filling my cup and, but it's hard. It is hard. And I think you're right. I think my best friend and I always say, you know what, good enough is good enough. (laughs) And that's okay. Especially this year and last year, like good enough is just, it's getting by and it's not necessarily bad, but it's good enough. And I think that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the year of the best connection you ever had with your children. We're just getting by. And as long as we are trying our best and doing better every time, 
and knowing that, you know, this is the path we want to choose and we're choosing connection and we're choosing not to control. That is enough. It is. It's good enough. And I am a recovering perfectionist for sure. So what happens is I will spend all this time going down the rabbit hole of every article and every podcast and every single thing I can get my hands on and then realize I'm not even engaging in parenting because I'm reading about it. And so I just have to step back sometimes and say, you know what? I just need to do it and make mistakes and learn. It'll be okay. You're like, girl, what are you doing? (laughs) It's actually easier to read and research and know about conscious parenting than to actually do it. I tell people all the time, I can tell you what to do. I know a lot of things, but I oftentimes fall short because I can't put it all into application because I'm not resourced or they've pushed me to my ultimate limit, or I'm triggered by my own childhood, or I feel judged by people around me or whatever it is. And I cannot fully put it into play. I can't apply it well. So I think sometimes maybe you're like this too. Like I do research as a way to avoid parenting. Yes, a hundred percent. But it's good to hear you know, you say that, especially for recovering perfectionists, we hear this stuff and we're thinking, oh my goodness, look at all these things I'm doing wrong. When really at the end of the day, we're all human. And what a beautiful thing for our children to see that they're allowed to be human because we're human and we make mistakes and apologize. So I feel like it all can come back to good things. Absolutely. And I think showing our children that you don't have to be perfect. I think that's part of control parenting too. Control parenting says, We want our kids to behave perfectly. That's the gold standard, right? We don't want outbursts. We don't want hitting or kicking or pushing. We don't want unkind behavior. We don't want withdrawnness. We want our kids to be perfect. And when they're not perfect, then we punish or shame or, you know, reward or otherwise give a consequence. And so our kids are constantly in this control environment. They're constantly thinking, oh, I have to have this perfect behavior. And if I don't have this perfect behavior, then I'm not loved. And so I think that's how I grew up. And so I had all this shame around imperfection. So of course, when I started being an imperfect parent, I shoved that way down. And I said, I'm going to just, you know, put my nose through this shame and just pretend like it's not happening, even though it was, and just keep striving for perfection as opposed to saying, guess what? There is no perfect parent. There is no perfect parenting. And I'm going to mess up and I need to be okay with messing up. And so when I do now and I can tell my kids, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I messed up and I don't punish them when they make mistakes. Now we're saying perfection doesn't exist in our house. We don't Mm -hmm. have perfection. I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. And guess what? When you're not perfect, I don't care. I love you anyway. And I know you'll love me anyway. And that's a beautiful, amazing thing that I wish you and I both had because then we wouldn't be these crazy reformed (laughs) perfectionists. It's lovely. Well, I'm so glad that, well, we sound like we have a similar background. Did you come from the very controlled family? Oh, yes, for sure. I was just, I felt like perfection was expected. And my feelings, I don't think I even understood what feelings were, or that I was allowed to be anything besides happy. So I couldn't, I mean, until my 20s, I could not even put words to my emotions. I had no words to them because they were never acknowledged. I was always the sensitive kid, but it was said, you know, like an insult. Yeah. Um, that word was just said with such, I don't even know. 
Yeah. Like there was something wrong with you. Yeah. So I was always, and I always felt like I had big feelings and I'm a crier. I've always been a crier. It's how I get it out. And, you know, it was always don't cry or why are you crying? Or, you know, just that wasn't really accepted in my house. Yeah. And you know what? They say that crying, obviously, because we know because of our kids is so cleansing. Yes. It's such a great thing to do. And you really get to like, get your emotions out when you cry. And it's interesting that society has said also, don't cry, you know, don't have your feelings. And that this method says, cry, get it out. Come on, bring your tantrums, bring your ugly feelings, bring it all to me so you can feel better. Yes. And that's hard for people watching. And that's another thing is, you know, I am close with my family, so we see them a lot. And I have had to kind of help my parents understand that it's okay for them to feel their feelings. We don't have to fix it. And it's actually been so beautiful to see my parents kind of blossom in their own way with my grandchildren. And they've really, really listened to the things I've had to say. And so it was kind of like, as a child, I never felt heard. But as a parent, I do feel heard and respected by them. And I see it reflected in the way they treat my children. So that's been amazing. That's so healing. It is. Because now you're being seen and heard as an adult. And now you're seeing them see and hear your kids. Yes. What an amazing transformation. And now your kids will see and hear their kids. And now you've changed a whole three generations of children or people. I hope so. You have. I keep a little... I keep a little picture of myself on my fridge as a child and of my husband too. And it just helps me remember what it was like to be small. And, and it helps me be kind to that inner little girl who's still hurting. And it helps. I like having that on my fridge. That's so smart. You're such a sweet heart. You have such a good heart. Your kids are lucky little boys to have you. (laughs) Very lucky. What are the last parting words that you would say to anybody or any advice you'd want to give to someone who's, you know, trying to parent this way or trying Mm -hmm. to have more consciousness? Well, first I would encourage them by just saying you're brave for being here because it does go against what our culture tells us about how we should treat children and what we should expect from children. And so it is a really hard thing to face yourself and to change. So I just wanna say thank you to the parents who are doing this. It's brave work. It takes a lot of courage. It's so incredibly worth it. And to just remind parents out there to be gentle with themselves because you will make mistakes and it can still be beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful mess. Yes. (laughs) It is a beautiful mess. Yeah. Me, I like that. That's so sweet. I always say to people too, like if you're looking for this to change and make everything perfect, it just won't, but it'll make everything feel so much better. Yes. Yeah. Well, definitely will. Well, thank you, sweet Kirsten. I so appreciate all your support in our private Facebook group. Every time I see your post, I'm like, ah, she gets it. She can just run this group for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
So thank you for being there for other people out there, being a good inspiration. And I appreciate you coming on the show and I will see you in the online world, hopefully. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is such important work and y'all have done an amazing job. So I am so happy to be here and be a part of this. Yay. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. And that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week. And I can't wait to connect with you next week. Remember, if you'd like to support the Peace and Parenting podcast, you can head on over to Hand in Hand Parenting at handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting and find the Listening to Children's booklet set. It changed my life and I hope that it'll have an impact on yours too. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.